All right, who loves a summer barbecue as much as I do? Listen, if you want to impress everyone with some super yummy dishes, you need ButcherBox in your life. ButcherBox is my go-to subscription box that delivers high-quality meat and seafood to your door with free shipping always. And I'm talking high-quality cuts at an amazing value. 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork-raised crate-free, and wild-caught seafood. We are saving so much money every month with ButcherBox over going to the grocery store and buying meat and seafood and saving a lot of time. But get this, last month we saved nearly $200. I also love that ButcherBox curates these tips and recipes that are based on your box so you know what to cook. I made the most amazing steak with a basil sauce the other night. And oh, let me tell you, my friends all raved at how amazing it tasted. I'm definitely going to be pulling that recipe out. If you want great meat and seafood in your life, you need ButcherBox. Sign up for ButcherBox today by going to butcherbox.com etm and use code etm at checkout and enjoy your choice of bone-in chicken thighs, top sirloins, or salmon in every box for an entire year, plus get $20 off. Again, that's butcherbox.com etm and use code etm. Hi, NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast will give you practical knowledge you can use to level up your finances. I'm Sean Piles, and every week I sit down with NerdWallet's expert nerds to answer your money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. You'll learn how to manage your investments, understand your credit score and your tax bills, get pro tips for organizing your expenses and putting more money into your savings, and a whole lot more. Weekly financial check-ins with Smart Money can help you spend more time doing what matters and less time worrying about whether you're on track to meet your money goals. You'll get the clarity that you need to make smart money decisions with confidence so you don't lose out on what money can do for you. Plus, we keep our episodes short and sweet so you can get smart about personal finance faster than you can say high-yield savings account. Smart Money is the smartest way to get even smarter about your money. So listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app like Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can also follow the show to download new episodes as they become available for free. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you on NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast soon. like shame is um, one of the most shame and fear are probably the two most universal feelings that bubble up when people start speaking honestly about money. And so my point in saying that is you would be shocked um, if we all got financially naked, um, how many people are carrying around a big bowl of financial shame or financial fear. Welcome to Everyone's Talking Money podcast. I'm your host, Shauna Game. There's no judgment, no dumb questions, just smart conversations about you and your money. So come on in and grab a seat. Everyone is welcome here. Welcome back to the show. We are continuing in our week of love over here. So I hope you're ready to get financially naked in this episode. Before we do, I've got a little story to share. So I'm in a great marriage, but 
look, we fight just like any other couple about all sorts of stupid stuff. And I came up with this idea quite a while ago that when we get in a fight, we need to actually like take off our clothes because when you do that, it just completely disarms the conversation and it brings things back to reality. So maybe just an idea, give it a try, see if it works for you. But that's how I feel we should be about our money. I don't want you to be afraid to bear it all to your partner. My hope is that you inspire each other to take away the money shame, the guilt, the judgment, and the fear, and just start cultivating relationships that are about partnership and mutual respect when it comes down to money, a really tough subject. Now, with that said, financial abuse is a very real thing, and I don't want to downplay that. As someone myself who has has suffered through it, I know you're in a situation when you're in financial abuse that sometimes walking away is just the best self-care you can offer yourself. So if that's you in this situation, I want you to listen to this episode with a grain of salt. But on this episode, Manisha Takor is here to share everything you need to know about getting financially naked with your partner based on her book, Getting Financially Naked. We're going to learn how do you talk about money from a safe and respected place? How do you remove the shame and guilt? And how do you find a money system that truly works for you and your partner? Just going to give you a little hint that if you have a partner, listen to this episode and then just kindly send them the link to the episode so they can listen as well. Let's jump into the conversation. Well, Manisha, it is so amazing to have you on the podcast. This is going to be a fun conversation. So thanks so much for being here. Shauna, I'm so excited to get to talk with you. I was prepping for our conversation today, and I was really struck by something you have on your website. So you say, we don't need more financial information. What we need is financial wisdom. I really like the sound of this. Tell us a little bit about this idea. How do we step into this place of having more wisdom? So I find that um, because there is so much information about money out there, people tend to think the answer to being financially healthy is very quantitative and like a Rubik's Cube or a Lego set that you just put together um, very um, uh, block by block. But the problem is so often money is not about money at all. Um, (laughs) it's, It's about power. It's about control. It's about freedom. It's about your childhood trauma. It's about being angry at your significant other, it's frustration with your, I mean, it money permeates so many different crevices of our, our lives that it can be easy to confuse um, the emotional components, kind of the toxic money emotions that are out there um, with the factual building blocks. And you need both. You need, you definitely need the FNAC the, the the building blocks. Um, but what I've learned over time is that a lot of people can't absorb the facts until we address the topics that are um, creating money mold inside their heart. And um, that, that once that's cleared out, they can hear 
the information. And I know that sounds so woo-woo. So I just want to say this is coming from a Harvard MBA who at the peak of my corporate career was overseeing a $6 billion with a B portfolio. So I'm saying that with a lot of quantitative stuff behind me. (laughs) Well, Manusha, I am a non-practicing certified financial planner who've worked with hundreds and hundreds of people. And I can tell you, I firmly agree with what you're saying here. This kind of recipe for money success, we we tend to think it's just these how-tos. We just need to learn all the how-tos around money. But what you're talking about is there is this other component, this behavioral, this mindset, the the family. I mean, all of this stuff that that we don't really address. And, and that actually is this big piece of success. It, it is. And when you when and when both are lacking, um, it's like a geometric effect. And that's what I see with so many people today is that both both are lacking. Um, and that's why money feels so painful for so many people. And it's uh, that's why I believe it's consistently one of the top causes of fights and divorces um, and stress, according to the American Psychological Association. Yeah. So talking about that, going into all the fun stuff here. So <laughs> February is is love month, right? And I, I want to talk about your book, this idea of getting financially naked and how as couples we can we can navigate this tricky terrain because we're both coming to the relationship with all of this, as you call it, money mold, like all of this crap. And it's definitely causing issues for so many of us. Uh, I know if you've ever been in a relationship, if you're listening, you know that it's really easy to get in disagreements, fights over money, even when you try to just kind of ignore the subject. So help us help us out here. How do we how do we even begin to change this in in our relationships? If specifically if like we're still struggling with all of these issues around money. Yeah. So I I think the first thing is to call it out, to acknowledge that um, there is another element in your relationship and it is called money. And I, I say that because when you meet someone special, I mean, what, what do your friends ask? You know, they, they, um, and they won't sound this clinical when they're asking this, but they'll say, are you physically compatible? <laughs> you know, um, are you, you know, are you spiritually compatible? Are you emotionally compatible? Um, but, uh, nobody asks, um, are you financially compatible? It's just like, it doesn't come up yet. Um, that one element oftentimes will make or break your relationship. So I think, um, just creating this dialogue and understanding that money is part of every relationship because it is. Um, and then you can start to see whether or not where you have areas of compatibility and where you do not have areas of compatibility. And of course, the irony is that um, studies show that there's something financially intoxicating about um, financial other, something, excuse me, intoxicating about financial otherness. And so um, that's why you often will see a saver attracted to a spender um, not necessarily in a long-term partnership, but like an, initially when you're dating, there's like your pheromones go off. And the example I like to give is um, I'm divorced now, so you can see how this worked out. But um, <laughs> um, when I met my ex-husband, I distinctly remember we went to the movie theater and he asked me if I wanted popcorn or a Coke. And I thought, oh my God, you actually buy the food at the movie theater? <laughs> like you don't sneak it in in your pocket? Um 
And like, it, I just thought that was like, woo, living life on the edge. And, um, <laughs> and you know, he thought it was so cute. This was pre TSA um, that I would carry a, a water bottle um, with me when I traveled. Um, because like who wants to pay $3 for water right. at the airport, you know? And he thought that was just so like comforting and practical. And, um, and you know, then y- you get married and the other stuff bubbles up. So, <laughs> um, I think what I want to say is the first step is acknowledging that it is an issue. Um, when society doesn't encourage us to, and giving yourself some grace because, for whatever reason, we often tend to be attracted um, to our opposite, but that doesn't mean that you're doomed. There are other steps you can take, which we can talk about if you'd like. Yeah, I would love it. Like, yeah, tell us some more about like, so depending on where we are in our relationship, dating to married, I, I've been married and divorced before and remarried. So very familiar with this, this subject of love and money. But walk us through, like, no matter where we are on that spectrum, like, how do we figure out this compatibility? And then then what do we do about it? So I think um, th- it falls into three categories, um, knowledge, interest, and behavior. And um, I have a, a quiz um, on uh, from there's a quiz and get financially naked that is a financial compatibility quiz and my co-author and I we want to spread that wide and far so that you can download it for free on um, on my website I'll send you the the link um, for show notes and it's a, a, a quiz that you can sit down with your significant other and you each fill it out separately and then you sit down together and you compare results in each of those three categories and what you're really trying to understand is um where you have like where are there are huge gaps like if both of you have huge knowledge gaps that's good to know <laughs> um or both of you have huge gaps in interest like if neither of you care about it okay that's going to be something that um you're going to figure out who's going to deal with it um and and that's more of a tool to use when you're thinking of moving in together or you're you're um you've decided to step into a long-term relationship early on um i think one of the things that's just so important is to um uh make sure that you are sharing once you think this is somebody that you want to be with enough financial information that you two feel um, you're able to sense whether or not you're going to jive on that front. So you don't necessarily need to say, I have $100,000 in student um, loans still, but you could mention I'm still paying off student loans. Um, are you still paying off student loans? Um, or do you have student, you know, so you get a sense right. of where each other are coming from, because those are the kinds of things that we don't talk about in the beginning. Um, so I feel like I'm rambling all over the place here, Shauna, but I, I think what I, what I want to say is that it is the biggest thing. There's not a right or a wrong way to, to dive into it, but the magic key is acknowledging that m- money is a huge part of your relationship. And so observing it the way you would observe all the other behaviors that are going on when you're deciding whether this is somebody you want to be with, um, it, it needs to be on your list. 
I think that's really interesting too, because I have a lot of friends uh, being the money person, you know, you know, this as well, people come to you with all of these questions. And I've had a lot of friends over the years who have said, uh, we don't, you know, maybe they're married or in a long-term relationship and they're like, well, we don't fight about money. We don't have a disagreements around money because we just keep everything separate. And then we feel like we do that. Then we don't even have to broach the topics with each other. And I'm like, ah. but there's definitely going to be some situations where you're probably going to need to talk about money and they're probably not going to be some, some great situations. So I'm just curious, uh, from, from your viewpoint, uh, do you see that as well, that, that sometimes people feel like, well, if I just keep everything separate, I'm not even going to have to deal with this? Yeah. And, I, you know, I'll tell you, the solution that I always uh, uh, put forth when it comes to how you deal with money in a relationship, and I, I guess it could start as early as, as dating um, conceptually, but certainly when you are in a serious relationship is the financial three-way, yours, mine, and ours. And some people will choose, and what I tell couples is decide as a couple, like you may want to have everything in ours. I have many friends who do. Um, and if that's the case, then what I always suggest is you have a dollar amount um, that each person can spend a month, no questions asked or save or do whatever they want with it. And a dollar amount above which each of you agree you won't spend unless consulting with the other. That's how you avoid fights, um, at least some fights <laughs> with the hours, <laughs> the hours bucket. Um, and then people who have want to do yours, mine, and ours, it being really, really clear about what goes into the hours bucket. And particularly if you have um, people with varying, widely varying salaries, like one person's working in the home and one person is is working in the workplace or there's just, you know, one person makes 20,000 and one person makes a hundred thousand, how you want to put money into that hours bucket, whether you want to do it pro rata, et cetera. Um, but I am seeing, especially um, for uh, uh, once you're divorced, a lot of people putting money in, just keeping it totally separate. Um, the, then the, the problem then arrives uh, arises when there's stuff that like you're doing together, like you go take a trip together. Well, how <laughs> who pays you know, for like, what? <laughs> exactly, exactly. And so, um, I like the concept of the financial three way because three ways are a lot more fun to talk about than just <laughs> money. Um, and then you can um, playfully decide together because there will always be some intersection of the. Um, the uh the each of your separate buckets even if it's just going out and having a beer together who pays you know right i love it i love you you brought up that that spending limit so uh my husband and i i call it the don't ask don't tell spending limit mm -hmm. <laughs> and so you know we just like clearly set these boundaries that i'm you know either of us are not allowed to get angry or upset or, you know, even kind of give a side eye when somebody makes a purchase as long as it's under this number, but everything over that, we've got to come back and have at least a short conversation about it. And we usually always, uh, always agree on uh, what we're spending. Neither one of us is kind of crazy in that department, but I really like that idea because then you feel like you have, if you just have the R's bucket, you feel like you have some flexibility where you can be somewhat independent, but you're still uh, playing within the rules, if yeah. you will. Yeah. Um, and I find that very helpful, particularly for people who 
um, just feel so strongly that when you marry, by definition, that means you merge everything. Um, and so this helps give you a little bit of, um, I, I think about it, it's like, you know, when, my, when you're microwaving um, dinners, which I eat too many of, um, and they tell you to make the slit in the uh, plastic top for the vent, that yes. this is the financial vent um, for your hours bucket. Thinking about those who are listening who are kind of in that dating phase, like they're just getting to know each other, are there quote unquote like right times and maybe not so right times to talk about money? Like how do you figure out where that that sweet spot is? Oh, that literally is the million dollar question. Um, I can tell you that um, I brought it up on date three. Um, <laughs> me, too, now, me too. <laughs> with my now ex-husband and that didn't work, but I am, I've been with the most amazing man for the last five years. We're both divorced. And, um, I think I brought it up on like date two with him. Um, and it's worked out great. And so I really feel like not everybody's going to want to bring it up that early. I think, um, be, you know, because you and I have, um, a deep, background and, and fluidity with with financial um, conversations, it's easier for us to bring it up. But basically what I say is if you see this relationship having any long-term legs, you want to bring it up as soon as you feel comfortable saying this or some variation of this. Look, one of the top causes of, of fights in relationships is money, and I don't want that to happen to us. It's this totally awkward subject, but I wanted to get us talking about it sooner rather than later. Um, how do you feel about that? And I mean, that will tell you a whole bunch just in terms of their response. Um, and uh, I, I know that sounds like a really basic question, but I'm, I've had... Um, Girlfriends come back and say like, oh my God, he completely like, sh like shut it down. Like just did not want to go there. Um, and you know, that was, that could have been a warning sign, um, of everything of, uh, of, and, and it's not necessarily a sign to push the eject button, but it's, it's important data. Um, and then you can poke around and try and understand, like, why do why do you not want to go there? Right. Um, maybe not necessarily in the same conversation. Um, and if somebody is totally open about it, um, wonderful. This component of your uh, your potential future relationship that could fester um, is, you know, now being opened up to fresh air. So I say bring it up as soon as you feel comfortable bringing it up. And the, the the wing woman, if you will, of the conversation can be the stats from the American Psychological Association. They're fabulous. They do the same study every year, and it says the same thing every year. We're remarkably consistent in terms of our propensity to fight with each other um, in relationships about money. I know I'm a bit biased, but honestly... I think I have the best dog ever. Her name is Winnie Stardust. She is a golden mountain doodle and she is full of spunk and fun and she's never met a ball she does not love. I honestly, I would do anything for Winnie and she has enriched my life so much. I can confidently say Winnie is absolutely one of the most priceless purchases I have ever made. Today's episode is sponsored by the ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program. 
In today's world, we insure a lot, from cars and homes to cell phones and even travel plans. But what about insurance for your cat or dog? With ASPCA Pet Health Insurance, you can focus on the care your pet deserves and cover what matters most. This is what I call smart spending because, let's be real, those vet bills, they can be expensive. The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program offers customizable accident and illness plans, making it easier for pet parents like you to help your pet get the care they need. The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program, they've been around for about 18 years, and they've helped more than 600,000 pets during that time. They allow you to customize your plan, helping ensure your pet's plan is unique as they are. Because vet bills, they can really add up, especially when you are least expecting it. It's simple. You use their app to submit a claim and you'll receive reimbursement for eligible vet bills directly into your bank account. To explore coverage, visit ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash ETM. That's ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash ETM. Again, that's ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash ETM. This is a paid advertisement. Insurance is underwritten by either Independence American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produced by PTC Insurance Agency Limited. The ASPCA is not an insurer and is not engaged in the business of insurance. I have to tell you about my new obsession, Notion, our sponsor today. Notion has single-handedly changed how I do life for the better. I use Notion for all my daily journaling so I can keep it all in one spot. I also keep all our favorite recipes that are budget-friendly in Notion so I can easily sort and find the ones I love and easily create fast grocery lists. And okay, one of the best uses of Notion, you can create a template for your money dates and track your goals right in Notion. Seriously, Notion is a game changer. Notion is a place where any team can write, plan, organize, and rediscover the joy of play. It's a workspace designed not just for making progress, but really getting inspired. It's an AI-powered workspace. It turns knowledge into action. You can use Notion to summarize meeting notes and auto-generate action items, get answers to questions in minute, and you can make all of your money tasks so much easier. Notion is for everyone, whether you're a Fortune 500 company, freelance designer, starting a new startup, a student juggling classes and clubs, or just somebody really wanting to get your life together. Try Notion for free when you go to notion.com slash etm. That's all lowercase letters. Notion.com slash etm and start turning ideas into action. And when you use our link, you're supporting our show. Notion.com slash etm. So tell me, what are your money goals that you have for this year? Maybe you're like me and endlessly looking for a house to buy and you're focused on saving for a down payment or you're drooling over traveling somewhere tropical this year and you want to save to pay for it or you're ready to leave your job and build your own business. So you're going to need some startup funds. Whatever your goals are this year, Monarch can help you reach them. In fact, the Wall Street Journal named Monarch the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress towards financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com etm. What I love about Monarch is its simple and easy customizable designs. So the dashboard can look exactly the way you want it to. 
I'm also a big fan of creating custom budgets for things like travel. It's one of my favorite money tips. And Monarch lets you do this so easily. This is such a great way to stay motivated when you've got a lot of money goals. You can easily track your progress with every dollar that you save or spend. Remember, your brain loves to see progress and you should celebrate it when you're saving money. And honestly, I am so focused on privacy, so I really admire that Monarch will never sell your data to third parties. This means a lot to me and it should mean a lot to you as well. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it is the top rated personal finance app. And right now, listeners of the show get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash etm. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash etm for your extended 30-day free trial. Imagine unlocking a version of yourself that's unstoppable, where mental barriers no longer hold you back. Listen to Mentally Stronger with me, Amy Morin, therapist and international bestselling author, here to guide you on a journey to reaching your greatest potential. Every Monday, I bring you into conversations with some of the most fascinating minds, experts, authors, entrepreneurs, athletes, and musicians. They don't just share stories. They reveal the mental strategies that propelled them to the top. But here's the real magic. At the end of each episode, I break down their wisdom into practical therapist-approved advice. In my solo episodes, I dive deep into the techniques that build mental strength. It's like having your own personal therapy session as you discover how to turn these insights into steps you can take right now. This podcast isn't just for those facing mental health challenges. It's for anyone who wants to push their limits, achieve peak performance, and truly thrive. Are you ready to unlock your full potential? Then it's time to become mentally stronger. Subscribe to Mentally Stronger with therapist Amy Morin, available wherever you love to listen to podcasts. You know what makes life more fun? Having your money situation solved. I mean, how great would that be? I want to introduce you to The Stacking Benjamin Show, a podcast that I am a big fan of that delivers exactly what you want most when you listen to money podcasts. Less preaching and more genuine money talk. Do you want to learn how to build wealth and manage your money? Well, The Stacking Benjamin Show has you covered with practical advice and expert insights on personal finance. Their headline segments keep you up to date with the latest lessons to be learned from the news, and their TikTok Minute shines a light on just how bizarre money advice can be online sometimes. The Stacking Benjamin Show was just named the best personal finance podcast by Bankrate. Here's what they said about it. Unlike other competitors hitting the airwaves, the team doesn't tote Stacking Benjamins as the be-all, end-all for lessons on money. Instead, they share a broad range of concepts and resources to create a more comprehensive financial foundation for their listeners. And listen, they have a lot of fun on their show. Even I have been a guest from time to time, and I always go away with a big smile on my face. So if you're looking to find a companion podcast that goes great with this show, tune into Stacking Benjamins. Find them on all major podcast platforms, including where you're listening to us right now. Your wallet will thank you. From Foreign Policy, I'm Rena Nainen, the host of The Hidden Economics of Remarkable Women. Over the past few years, we've looked at how women around the world are changing societal norms to increase their economic power. This season, we're focusing completely on girls, how they're pushing for a brighter, more powerful future, and what the rest of us can do to set them up for success. Join us for stories about girl power, young women who are fighting for change, to give themselves a chance to live a life of their own choosing. 
That's season six of The Hidden Economics of Remarkable Women, wherever you get your podcasts. We've all spent more time with family lately. It can feel like old times, but your mind is on the future too, and what you can do to shape it. At Sandy Spring Bank, we work with clients to help them grow and protect their money with wealth management, trust services, and insurance, so they can enjoy today and ultimately pass along their wealth. We believe real banking is a conversation. Let's talk about your dreams. Visit sandyspringbank.com wealth. Wealth and insurance products are not FDIC insured, not guaranteed, and may lose value. Uh, humans are so interesting, aren't we? <laughs> we just, we just never, we just never learn. Uh, and, um, okay. So what about how do we deal with going back to a little bit of like the behavioral side of money? How do we deal with the shame, the fear, the regrets, the mistakes, like all of those things that we're just, we really don't want to have to even admit to ourselves, let alone another human being. Any words of wisdom or advice of, of of dealing with money in that in that context? I feel like shame is um, one of the most shame and fear are probably the two most universal feelings that bubble up when people start speaking honestly about money and. So my point in saying that is you would be shocked um, if we all got financially naked, um, how many people are carrying around a big bowl of financial shame or financial fear. And um, I I feel like, you know, what's the answer to getting over it? Um, that happens to be the subject of my next book. Um, I'm writing about how to blend together financial health and emotional wealth and um, it'll be out in 2023. And so I'm doing a lot of background research for it right now. And um, what I boil it all down to is there's a quote. Now, I've never been able to find out who said it, but it's truth is the best disinfectant. And I find that shame, fear, regret, mistakes, they tend to evaporate when you are truthful about them with yourself or whoever else you need to be truthful about them with. And when you're not truthful, um, they fester. And so if you feel shame that um, you're not earning what you'd like to be earning or that you um, have torpedoed your credit score with using uh, store credit cards and being late and now paying these crazy penalty um, uh, interest levels. Um, owning up to it, even if it's just to yourself, is one of the most powerful um, uh, disinfectants. So that's where I say to start, because I think because we don't talk about money a lot, people assume nobody else has it. And I, and one thing that I would uh, I've been playing around with is literally what if you walked around every day? I mean, I think in a lot of different. Um, uh, uh, spiritual and religious contexts, there will be um, uh, uh, advice to just, uh, I'm paraphrasing um, to make it generic, but just assume that every other human is carrying some type of pain or burden inside of themselves and right. treat each other with that um, uh, sensitivity and awareness. And so I, I would like to say, like, let's extend that to money and assume everybody you meet has some financial shame, fear, regret, and mistakes in them. And when you start thinking about that, it helps you feel less alone with it. Um, 
because you can't get rid of those feelings um, either by releasing them or taking actions to turn them around um, if you won't admit that they're there. Wow, that's such great advice. I think that's so true. And I know times where I have come, we'll say come clean about something to uh, to my husband or somebody I'm dating, I do. I feel better. The moment where you're talking about it is just sheer terror. But but after that, you do feel better. And then you feel like, okay, I've gotten that out. And it's it's not so bad. And then I like that too. I mean, you realize that everybody's got their own stuff. Everyone has their own stuff around money, no matter how wealthy they might appear or how together they might appear. Everyone has something that they're they're ashamed of. Oh, and I, I'll tell you, um, one of the things I've learned over my 25 years in the business is oftentimes there's an inverse correlation between how put together somebody looks um, <laughs> uh, and how much um, shame, fear, regret, and mistakes are uh, bubbling around inside of them. I mean, I, 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 I cannot tell you how how struck I am by that um, ironic disconnect. Um, just to give an example, when I used to have my own wealth management practice, I remember a woman coming to see me and she, um, we met up, um, at an outdoor cafe and she had, she drove up in her, um, you know, fancy, fancy Land Rover and she got out and she had what I call wealthy woman hair, like, you know, there's no (laughs) frizz and like the cut is like precision. And I mean, she was dressed to the nines and she had this, um, I mean, it was like a cockroach-sized engagement ring on her finger, <laughs> and um, she was engaged, and she wanted to um, get some financial advice. I, at that point, had a practice where I was focused on executive women, and I had a, a abnormally high minimum, so I had a three million dollar minimum. And she had, um, and she was probably—it uh, was a second marriage for her. She was probably in her early sixties. Um, oh, and she also owned um, uh, one of the most trendy stores. Um, it was a shoe store um, in in town. I won't say which town it was. Um, and she had literally seventy five thousand dollars to her name. The car was leased. Um, the clothes were on credit card debt. Um, it. It. I mean, she had. She looked like she had everything, and she had. Um, nothing. Um, and her her significant uh, other to be um, wanted a prenup, and all of his stuff was going to be in trust for the kids, et cetera, et cetera. And so that's why she wanted to try and figure out how she was going to make things work, and um, I couldn't even take her on as a client. Um, and uh, I, I say that because as she was coming up, even though I know I've seen cases like this over and over and over again. Um, it ran through my mind like, wow, she's got it all together. I love that you mentioned that too, that wealth is not defined by how we look, our demographic, our age, where we've come from. Uh, none of that has a direct, uh, necessarily a direct impact. And we need to remember that because it's really easy to look at someone and I've done it myself and make those judgments like, oh, they must have everything together. Or, they must be very wealthy or whatever it might yeah, be. Yeah. And we're, we're only seeing it through our lens. We have, we have no idea what the actual story is. Precisely. And, um, uh, I, 
I mean, and it brings up other issues too, in the sense of um, what is wealth, like what is, um, you know, what what are the steps that people should be taking in order to get into a, a solid financial um, position. And there's a book I like to recommend um, by Helene Olin um, and Harold Pollack. It's called The Index Card. And the premise behind the book is, honestly, there are like 12 things you need to know to get your finances 98% in order. And all of them are concepts that can be explained on an index card. And each chapter is one of the, the components of the index card. And people ask me sometimes, like, why don't you write another personal finance book um, that's how-to? And I'm like, the the information is is um, it's out there if we can help people find the right resources. Um, and so that's a book I always love. The, the books that I've written are geared towards women in their 20s and 30s. Um, and so sometimes for people who are a little older and they want, you know, could I get that version? But for my demographic, I like to mention this book, The Index Card. Um, uh, I've had it, uh, I've been recommending it for five, seven years now. And I've had so many people tell me it's changed their life to understand the the uh, the building blocks of, of financial health, um, which are important, but um absent the kind of things we've been talking about today aren't they're necessary but not sufficient i think that's really interesting i will definitely link that uh in the show notes so if somebody wants to check out that book i think it's interesting it kind of wraps back around to the beginning of the conversation thinking that there aren't i mean it, you know i'm trying to think of an eloquent way to say this it's not like there's a giant encyclopedia of what you need to do with your money. There are these few building blocks, these few steps, and yet money, again, is this topic that feels so confusing, so out of control, so stressful, and it, it feels like we're making it a lot harder than it actually needs to be. And that's why I think it's important to talk about the things that we're talking about today. And maybe somebody listening, and maybe you have an aha moment, like, oh, maybe it isn't the, the how-to. Maybe it's these other things I actually need to address. Hi, I'm Karina Bemisterfer, host of Morning Cup of Murder, your daily true crime podcast. Yes, you heard me right. Daily true crime. Every day, Morning Cup of Murder tells you a straightforward, short form story about murder, true crime, cold cases, disappearances, serial killers, cults, and more. And I do that all in under 15 minutes. With over three years of stories and over 20 million downloads, the Morning Cup of Murder podcast has become a staple of so many people's daily routines. So why not add it to yours? Stream Morning Cup of Murder everywhere you listen to podcasts. And remember, stay safe. Want to know the number one money question I'm asked? It's how to get started investing without being overwhelmed. So if you're asking yourself the same question, then you have to check out the Investing for Beginners podcast. The host, Dave and Andrew, they break down investment terms and strategies in a way you can finally understand. I love that they're making investing accessible and they have an entire podcast dedicated to helping you invest better. Even if you're not ready to start investing, they explain the stock market and financial updates so you can really understand what is being said on the news. If you're ready to learn more about investing, I'd recommend you start with two of my favorite episodes. Listener Q&A, how do you start investing with a thousand bucks, where they explain how you get started right away. 
and back to basics of building our portfolio, where they explain how to build a portfolio from scratch. The Investing for Beginners podcast is a great way to start expanding your relationship with money. Find Investing for Beginners podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Have you ever wondered why we call French fries French fries? Or why something is the greatest thing since sliced bread? There are answers to those questions. Everything Everywhere Daily is a podcast for curious people who want to learn more about the world around them. Every day, you'll learn something new about things you never knew you didn't know. Subjects include history, science, geography, mathematics, and culture. If you're a curious person and want to learn more about the world you live in, just subscribe to Everything Everywhere Daily wherever you cast your pod. I I, um, could not agree more. And on that um, point, I'll highlight another um, book by a a fabulous um, woman who... Um, is retiring from this area of work right now, but it's called Financial Currency by Dr. Kate Levinson. And she'd spent her whole career, um, she's a, a trained licensed psychologist, and she worked with individuals and couples, lots of couples, um, in therapy around money. Um, and so for women, she wrote this beautiful book, um, Emotional Currency. And I find that if somebody, you know, if you, if, if uh, you wanted a set of basic tools to get started in terms of taking actionable steps about what we've been discussing here today, I'd say read Emotional Currency and the Index Card. Um, And those two books will help you with financial health and emotional wealth. Well, we certainly don't need a month to remind us that, you know, we need to be good partners in our relationships. But since we are in February, just kind of wrapping things up here, what would you want everyone listening, what do you want us to walk away with around this concept of getting financially naked with with the purpose of building stronger relationships? Is there something you want us to remember, to ponder, to, to think about? Yes. No one has ever said to me, Manisha, I can't wait to have this conversation. Um, no one, ever. Um, but afterwards, I can't tell you how many people have said, oh my God, this is the best thing we ever did. It brought us so much closer. Um, and our relationship is so much stronger. Um, I feel like we've created this, you know, foundation to our house that can withstand a hurricane because we've, we've identified where the cracks are and, you know, what needs, um, some more drywall and what needs some spackling and what needs nails pulled out. And, um, and this, the space between, oh my God, I don't want to have this conversation. And, oh my God, I'm so glad we had this conversation. The length of that time can be, you know, a day, the conversation. It can be five years because there's a lot to unpack once you open the box. But um, I would say less than 10% of people have come back and said, oh God, I wish I had never started that conversation. And of those, almost, um, I'm hard pressed to think of a case where um, the reason they wish that they hadn't was because they uncovered something that was sufficiently significant that it um, ultimately precipitated an end to their relationship. Um, And, you know, you can flip that around and say like, well, better to have found out now. Um, So I think that's the main thing that I want people to know is that it really is like glue um, in your relationship, very few people have it. Those that do, um, 
can become so strong as a couple, but it is never, ever fun <laughs> starting it. <laughs> well, Manisha, thank you for an amazing conversation, dropping so many gems here for everyone listening. I would love for you to tell us where do we go to grab copies of your book and connect with you? Sure. So everything lives on moneyzen.com. Um, and I had, I mentioned I'd, I've uh, co-authored two personal finance books for women in their 20s and 30s with a dear girlfriend of mine from business school. Um, on My Own Two Feet is uh, one and Get Financially Naked is the other. Um, and you can learn all about them on the website. And of course, they're available in all the usual book suspect places. Um, but also, I encourage folks um, to sign up for my monthly newsletter. I don't work with individuals one-on-one. -on -one -on -one, so my newsletter, I'm not selling you anything. I um, love to share the best things that I have come across. And so I really strive to make it a short but insightful monthly informational um missive on how to get closer to uh, financial health and emotional wealth. Um, and as I mentioned, I'm writing that book. It'll come out in 2023. And if you're on the newsletter, you'll learn lots of different nuggets as I'm writing it and going along. I'm crowdsourcing a lot of fun ideas for it. I'm a big fan of Manisha's idea of the yours, mine, and ours buckets of money. I don't personally do this in, in my relationship, but I've seen it work in so many other great relationships. I know in this episode, I mentioned the don't ask, don't tell rule that, that we actually use. That works like a charm. But the point is, I want you to take from this episode what you like. I want you to make it your own. And then I want to create the rules that you both feel uplifted by and know that you don't have to explain to anyone how you handle your money in your relationship. As long as you both feel respected, as long as you both feel heard, and as long as there isn't any judgment, shame, or guilt, all right? So that's what I want you to take away from this episode. As always, if you enjoyed this episode, do me a favor and share it with your friends and family members. You can head right to the show notes for all the links to our episode guest, as well as our amazing sponsors who make this podcast possible. 